Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. New York, a city pushed to the edge. People pushed to the limit. And no one's got the guts to stop them. It's collection time, Charlie. Three murders, yeah. four rapes, nine acts of random violence. This isn't a neighborhood, it's a war. But there is one way. One man who won't be pushed. Charles Bronson. What's the problem? Now you're going to die. It'll be just like before, Mr. Vigilante, with one important difference. You're going to work for me. People have got to start to fight back and hard. I sent them a message. That's him. I'll take care of him. Now he's in the middle of a war. See what you've done? You got me mad. In a world gone mad, there is only one law. His, Charles Bronson. Death Wish 3. Bronson's back in New York. Bringing justice to the streets. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic.
Well, hello there. Hello. <laughs> You're very echoey. Am I echoey? A little bit. What I do? Oh no, it's nothing. I'm... It's just probably the sound, the way it's bouncing off of. Uh, Say, the, don't the blame wolf. me. I'm. I didn't do anything. Yeah, no, your sound quality kind of sucks. Usually, it's pretty good. Oh, fuck! I'm sorry. It's okay. It's not your fault. <laughs> I ha- it probably is. Bear with me here. I have to text my wife to tell her to tell my mother-in-law to stop watching something on Plex because it's eating up all the bandwidth and my computer's going to crash. Get off the fucking Plex. Oh, dead silence. Uh, dead air. Your mom will complain. Ah! But. I finally got my live stream going. I was trying to do this. I apologize for the delay there. Uh, movie Sucktastic Live. You still there? I am here. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Can't zoom in with this, can you? So for any, <laughs> and I'm gonna be, I'm double recording now for anybody listening on Facebook. I'm recording live our movie Sucktastic episode. Oh, that's cool. So anybody that feels like watching me live on movie Sucktastic can watch a very awkward, up leaning video of me. And only hear my part of the conversation, ah. which probably holds zero entertainment rating at all. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> probably. But I figured, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking at my Plex here, and it's going from like two percent to like twenty five, thirty percent. I have a totally yeah. eaten all my bandwidth. I mean, it got up to 99% CPU use. Well, tell them to stop watching fucking Fifty Shades of Grey so we can get to, get to work in here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I gotta kill this. She's gonna complain, but whatever. If I had planned this in advance, I would have gotten a shot from my camera that isn't, like, looking up at me. Huh. But this is what I do last minute. Ha! Welcome to the movie's fantastic. The movie podcast that guarantees to suck. Totally. Oh, mm. that, that's much better. In, yeah. in regards to the films that we're reviewing, obviously. A very respectable 30. And you know what, too? She's uploading, or she's, um, well, I'm uploading to her, a 6 gig file right now. Of? The Martian. Oh. <laughs> 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 <sighs> it wasn't gravity. I mean, <laughs> this is why I this is why I need uh, this is why I need a NAS uh, box. That way, that sits in another room. And uh, ay all right. Oh, so much better. Now I'm not so afraid my computer's gonna crash. All right, let's kill that. All right. Hey, so, what? Huh? What? Hi, hi. What? Yes. <laughs> Teeth. We're live. <laughs> and 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 this is epi- movie sucktastic episode number <laughs> two hundred two hundred, right? Two twenty-seven. Oh Jesus Christ! And uh, this is uh, the one that's slightly inebriated is Scott, and then the one complaining about bandwidth is Joey. Hey. 
Oh, I gotta put us on the screen. We're not even on the and, screen yet. And we are on. I should put my drink right in front of my. And we are on Movie Sucktastic. The podcast has been coming to you for years that you probably never heard of till today. <laughs> and if you've heard about it today, where the hell have you been? <laughs> the fuck? Think this shit's easy? Yeah, right? It ain't well, easy. Well, my end's easy because I'm not dealing with any of the production bullshit. I've been doing this shit for eight, eight fucking years. Is it eight years now? Um, Or is it nine years? Wow. God, has it been nine years? It's it's, it's around that, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with us? I don't know. We just have nothing better to do. <laughs> it's just, it's, I do actually have something better to do. <laughs> I've got 20 things I could be doing right now, but instead, we're going to be reviewing Death Wish 3. Yeah, and why? I mean... Because Death Wish 3 is the best fucking Death Wish ever. And possibly the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Fuck! I now, could be I could be over there, just that side of my basement, playing Dead Rising Four as we speak. So could I. Yes, you Different could. Different basement, the same. Yeah, we're both recording from basements now, which is the first time. Uh, yeah. That's happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Now, can you you want to explain why we're doing Death Wish Three this episode? Yes. Okay. So, uh, for the life of me, I can't remember the actor's name. Stop. But uh, uh, August 2009, so it is eight years we've been doing this shit. Okay. Anyway, so last week uh, we reviewed Willow, and that was uh-huh. your challenge to me. So right. my challenge to you uh, was an actor connection, which was uh, the actor oh, that... Early, right? Yes, the, the actor that played Eric uh, in Willow, or as I like to call him, Eric the Viking. He is in uh, Death Wish 3, and that is the actor connection. He was also and I'm pretty Super- sure his name is O'Hurley He. Yeah, that is, yeah, born in Ireland and everything. Um, right. I love his face that he makes right at the end of the movie. <laughs> I, that should be our, our uh, banner for Movie Sectastics this, this week should be that face. I, I looked at that, but it, I can't get a clear shot of it, so no. Oh, I can get it. If you can get a clear shot of that, go for it. Oh, but I, I tried and was oh, unable to. Oh, I'll get it. <laughs> and which, ironically, is the exact same facial expression you get when you realize you're about to be shot with a rocket launcher. He's <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I think he made that same face in Superman 3. I think he just makes that face. Hey, that, when you when you hire Gavin O'Hurley, you're hiring that face. <laughs> His name is Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> Weirdest, weirdest haircut ever. The reverse mohawk. I, uh, Holly sat through about the first half hour of this, and she was like, "That reverse mohawk is like the worst haircut ever." It's like, yeah, he's a he's a villain. Hello. <laughs> she uh, didn't make it through the whole film, so I think he's naturally balding. You know, like and, the whole shoehorn thing. So no, I, I don't think so. No, no, no I, I know. I think he is. Uh, well. And I think he just said, well, you know what? I already got this going down. Let's just keep going. He had plenty of hair even when he was in Superman 3. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Hey, no matter what, it lo- it worked for the film. I bet, I, bet that, it was his I-, I bet it was his idea. <laughs> I don't know. You think he was on hand as, as Mira Van Peebles was during uh, Exterminator 2? Ex- 
Two. Exterminator yeah. Two. Yeah. Uh, I would actually like to see a Hurley versus Van Peebles. Yeah, like, cause street gangs like fight. This this is essentially it's kind of the same movie. It is and it isn't. Yeah. And, and we'll get into that. <laughs> Will we? Now, the first thing I want to mention off the bat, uh-huh. besides Hurley, is the opening music. Which I like. It's like, I, for a split second, I was like, did I accidentally like turn on uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3? <laughs> but then the music from there goes into the more dramatic. Right. Like, like long right now, bass. It's just like, oh, now, wow. Here's what I want to mention. Here's a synchronicity for you. Last night, literally last night, I'm reading a book on Aleister Crowley. And in it, it mentions that Jimmy Page, the musician from Led Zeppelin, did the music for uh, the the um, Kenneth Anger film Lucifer Rising. Really? Now, now, most of this probably means nothing to you. No. However, the next day, I'm re-watching Death Wish 3 for the 10th time, 10,000th time, and I notice in the opening that the music for this film is done by the same Jimmy Page, who apparently did the soundtrack for Death Wish 2 and 3. And this is Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin? Yes. So Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, who has direct ties to Aleister Crowley through Kenneth Anger, <laughs> did the, <laughs> the soundtrack for this. Oh, my. That's my six degrees of Kevin Bacon for you. With no Kevin Bacon. That's my six degrees to Aleister Crowley. That's cr- which, is, which is just as successful. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the first thing that threw me for a loop. Was like, this music's wacky. Oh, this music's linked to a a, um, a cultist. Okay. That's not I, well, because you know the the last studio album that Zeppelin did was in 1980. So I guess he had some free fucking time. Yeah, he was doing <laughs> soundtracks for a lot of things. You know, Kenneth Anger included. Uh, but yeah, he was he did uh, he worked with um, Michael Winter. The, uh, the director and supposed sex slave keeper, and you uh, mean uh, Michael a... Michael Winner? Yeah, as I meant Michael Winner. Yeah, because yeah. he's a winner. You're thinking of Alex Winter? I actually read up on him today. Alex um, Winter? Oh, he did not. No, no, like no, this no, movie. no, Ma- no. He didn't. Michael Winner. I read oh, up Michael on Winter, him. Yeah. Apparently, his his, him? his mother was a degenerate gambler, and mm-hmm. like sold or gave away like. Artwork worth millions of dollars for her gambling addiction, and uh, that's where he got his taste in uh, like art and uh, you know antiques and things like that. And he had a lot of different collectibles. And he, um, when he died, I still don't know how he died. I just know that he had organ failure. But it's well, when you die, the organs fail. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. Well, because uh, the thing is, he was also. Later in life, he was a food critic. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and 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 a, and a very popular one too. And he was in the Bahamas or some tropical island. Okay, and he had a he had a plate of bad oysters. Yeah, and he, he was and in he, the hospital for a long time. Three, four he lost months. Lost use of one leg. Yeah, uh, he ended well, up with a cane. Well, not use a cane afterwards because like like the ligaments and right. shit were, were killed. Because oysters are fucking vicious. Well, he had some super rare virus that he got from these bad oysters. And they uh, said that he never recovered 
from that plate of bad oysters, and it's what ultimately did him in. I was like, holy shit. So he had, like, they said, uh, I think what it ended up being was, like, a, a liver failure, uh, which then, you know, fucked the rest of him up. Yeah, but Because uh, they said he was trying to do assisted suicide, and he would have had to have gone to Switzerland for it, and uh, it ended up <laughs> not working out. <laughs> Are you okay there? <laughs> well, there's something crawling on my chest. I don't oh. know how this is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, wow, having to go to Switzerland for us, uh, assisted suicide. But Switzerland's so nice once you get there. You're like, well, you know, maybe I should think of this through. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I think they did that on purpose to try to talk people out of it. Say, oh, we'll help you with your suicide. But first, have some more chocolate and take a look at these clocks. And you're like, wow, life's worth living. <laughs> now, what are we playing in the background, sir, since I'm not watching the show live? Death Wish 3 is on in the background. Well, are we on the part where he's in, in the um, in, in the police station? We're at the part where, they're, where they shared a cell. And okay. uh, fr a fracker, he's like, you know what I'm going to do for you? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill an old lady just for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm ahead a little too far, so i gotta, I got to backtrack. you got to backtrack. 13-minute uh, oh, no. mark. I'm too far back. 13-minute mark. You should be at the 13-minute mark. 13, okay. Let's kind of reset my timer here. Uh, I, I love the scene where they're, they're beating him. Yeah. <laughs> and then the one guy, like, off camera is like, you want, you thirsty? You want some water? We can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, for the half hour we were, she was watching, she was on. She's like, I, I just all of a sudden out of her side, I was like, you want a lollipop? Can't have it. Ha! <laughs> Worst interrogation ever. Totally. Like in between, like beating him in the ribs with a like a nightstick. You want some water? Can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like fucking like the bully on the playground. <laughs> you want this? You want you want my baseball cards? You can't have it. You want my I ice cream? No. Now I want to say I was very disappointed in Holly because when um when uh what's his name Raker Riker, Cracker, Fracker, Fracker. When Fracker meets his lawyer, I pause. I'm like, that guy, his lawyer. You recognize who he is. It's like, who? That's the guy on the train with Val Kilmer in Top Secret. Oh, it is. Yeah. She's like, who? The guy who dies by using the anal intruder. It's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Says, oh, and you call yourself a Top Secret fan. Really? <laughs> you know you know who else I noticed in here? Um, <laughs> uh, one of the cops is the police chief or lieutenant or one of the higher ups in ghostbusters where he's like uh, he? right where uh, where he uh, what's his face is having them turn off the power the grid and uh he tells him he goes you haven't turned out he goes all right pencil neck you don't tell me how to do my job that guy he's one of the he's one of the cops in this uh, Holly pointed out to me too, like during the, during that sequence where he's, he's talking to his crew afterwards. I, I mean, like when the police chief's giving his like his uh, NYPD blue speech. Yeah. Or no, no, his Hill Street blue speech. Sorry, I got it mixed up. Uh, there's one guy. Uh, there's like all these guys in blue, and then there's one guy off to the left, like in like a yellow ascot with his hand up like this. <laughs> It's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> He's like the guy with the eye patch that sells the hat to, in JD's Revenge. He's like, fuck everything. I want to know the backstory to this guy. Because how is he pulling off a yellow ascot and a limp wrist in his police station and no one's looking at him? Right. <laughs> and don't tell me he's working vice, because no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh now, my god! Now this is the first. This is the third film in the Death Wish series. In case you didn't realize that, yeah, um, takes now, place ten or eleven years after the first one, which they pretty much say is in real time, because when he meets the police chief, he goes because his his name is um, his real name is Kersey. But Kersey, right. he calls himself uh, in the film. What does he call himself? Like Kimball or something like that. Kimball, Kimball. Yeah. Yeah. Change his name. Yeah, because obviously you know he's a vigilante. So when you do that, you you, you change your name. Well, so, and, and when you're yeah, the cops know who you are. So you, you and he and he basically he tells me he goes, "You're not Kimball. I know who you are. You're you're Paul Kersey." And he goes like, "Like ten years ago, I was working the night that you pulled off all those murders or whatever." So uh-huh. the the first film came out in seventy four. This came out in eighty five. So this is actually Frank, it's real time. Well, because yeah, and because after the first film, they moved him to L A. And now, like he's back in New York, even though most of the film was shot in England. Shh. Um. Actually, I saw a lot of the locations that said Brooklyn. Yeah. There was, no, there, there was one shot lot, location that said the UK. The, yeah, there were a lot of scenes uncredited shot in England. Because David Winter's English, right? And, so, uh, and, and if you look at some of the Alex Winter interviews, uh, he did claim that one of the reasons he was hired as an extra is because he had a British passport because he was from Br- England. Oh, yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. Know Alex that. Winter, by the way, if you ever get a chance to read any interviews or watch any interviews with him about Death Wish Three, he hated this fucking movie <laughs> as, anything, as as he if, should have. If you see anything that says Alex Winter and Death Wish Three. Watch it or read it because it'll be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, this is the third part in Death Wish. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing I I, I want to mention, being from the literary end of things, is that uh, I I I doing research for the film. Brian Garfield, who wrote Death Wish and Death Wish Two, which these films are based off of, um, Death Wish Two not so much until they actually did. De- uh, death sentence. Death sentence, which had nothing to do with Death Wish Two, so ignore that. But uh, apparently, there was no novelization for Death Wish Three because Brian Garfield, the author of the original book, had all the rights to the literary. Lit- he had all the literary rights to Death Wish characters, and he specifically didn't want any novelizations of the films. Oh wow! Which I can I can understand because. His name's on Death Wish. Right. I guess he didn't want anybody else doing Death Wish besides him. Yeah, it makes sense. No, I'm with him on that. You know, you want your films, take your films, but don't fuck with my literary angle. That's all, I, that's all. Yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I, and you know, I'm a fan of the first book, and I don't know if I'm as much of a fan of the first movie compared to the book, but Death Wish 3 is my favorite Death Wish, even though it's probably the worst one. No, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm re-watching this, and I'm just saying to myself, is there going to be anything Clown Hammer-ish? And about oh. the closest thing to that, just like something weird on screen, was all those people parading around with balloons when... Uh, when they go and they get Charles Bronson, it's just like, what is this nonsense? It's just. Like, I guess it's supposed to be Halloween. They're all celebrating. I guess I it's mean, not. It's it, it, well, if it is Halloween, they fucked up because earlier, 
uh, or later in the film, the one uh, couple says, we got our windows uh, nailed shut. It's 90 degrees outside. Yeah, so, so it's definitely summertime. So uh, maybe it was Fourth uh, of July. I don't know. I don't know. But they're running around with balloons going, woo! <laughs> they didn't bother setting that up. They just said, no, well, no. You know, I'll, now, now, to be honest, if you're walking down the street, you, you see a bunch of people with balloons, you don't immediately say, hey, what holiday is this? Right. Maybe they have their own holiday. <laughs> maybe they do. But it was. The, it wasn't like citywide. It was just like this one block. It was as it was as close to a clown hammer as I think we were going to get in this. Yeah, it, it probably just like a, a birthday party gone awry. That's you know. There's Alex Winter telling the girl he wants to eat her. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Alex Winter. Yeah. Well, his career actually went up from this. It didn't go well, down. I, I know in interviews he said that like he took this job because he was a starving art school, like a film school student and needed right. the money. And I also read something where he refused to be in the rape scene with the black girl and he actually traded spots with somebody else that was like wanted more screen time. Oh really? No, actually yeah. it was like a Spanish girl, but yes, you're right. I from from the interviews and stuff, I really got a feeling that like Alex Winter has really detested the whole concept of a Death Wish three. Uh yeah. He took but it because it money. was a job, of course. You know, and one thing... He it, ended it up doing think. Bill and Ted. He did Lost Boys in 87, only a couple of years after this. Then he did Bill and Ted. This you was know. his second film. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it makes you... I was thinking about this, too, because you watch this film. The extras, like the people that are playing the street punks, they're the ones that are aspiring actors. Sure. Oh, but yeah. then you have, like, like, Charles Bronson, who's like, yeah, this is my job. Yeah. So, so really, when you watch this film, watch the street punks because they're the ones that are actually trying to do something. Like the Giggler, the, I guarantee the, the Giggler, giggler. Spent like hours <laughs> thinking out like his past history and his motivation. Morris Bronson was just like, "Yeah, so tomorrow I shoot some guys." <laughs> it's just didn't Alex Winter say something along the lines that he was being driven from like one part of the set to the other, and it was like fifty feet away. So oh, instead of worked, instead I, I of walking, like he had his own vehicle on set. He would drive like 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 thirty feet from his trailer to the scene, and he, I think the actual quote was something along the lines of, "It was more like somebody wa watching somebody play golf than act." <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Now, you know, and, and also, I mean, but then again, don't forget uh, Charles Bronson, who who's dead, by the way. Very dead. I, I, you know, he's one of those guys that every time I see him, I still think he's alive. And he died in 2003, and I'm like, fuck, I thought he was still alive. Yeah, he was like 80-something when he died. Well, when he filmed this film, he's 63. Yeah. This is a 63-year-old man taking, like, body hits from cops. And he still has a fucking six-pack. Did you notice that? Yeah, well, they, they gloss over it a little bit. You know, they, he doesn't have as many nude scenes in this as he did the first Death Wish when he's Death Wish 1 opens up with him and a Speedo on a beach. It's like, oh, thank you, Chuck. Yeah, we get it. But, uh, yeah, up, I mean, this scene, they, they do have him betting the hot chick who, who dies immediately in, in an accident between two Pintos, apparently. Yeah, and he goes he goes and he gets his mail at like 10, and, 10 11 o'clock at night. Who fucking does that? Well, the guy waiting for armaments to come in the mail, obviously. And, and... I know it's the city that never sleeps, but I'm not buying that some mail place is still open that well, some late. Of them, some of them are over 24 hours if they have like uh, money money wiring. 
Dude, I, it wasn't I, the post office. This was like a, a private company. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It, Come on, get with it, sir. Get with it. Yeah, it is the city that never sleeps. So, I mean, I'm not shitting on it. I, it I'm very forgiving. I'll, of, I'll of shit it. on New York any chance I get. Don't yes, I, I noticed. <laughs> Dude, I've worked there. Fuck that city. Well, yeah, I've, I've kind of worked kind of in that general area my whole life, so... Yeah, anyway. Wait, 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 wait. You've worked in that general area all your life? Yeah, I work on the outskirts of New York. Uh, outskirts? Uh, so you worked on the outskirts of New York. Have you ever, by chance, uh, driven a, a cube truck through the city at 2 in the morning? I've been in New York City at 2 in the morning. Have you Have you driven a cube van through the city at 2 in the morning? No. All right, then I've worked in the city. You've just kind of... Well, I've wallpapered a few uh, and painted a few funeral parlors in New York City, so I have oh, okay. I have worked okay. in the city. Do you drive there in like a, in like a, a, a van or a pickup truck? Uh, the work van, yeah. Work van? That's adorable. Yeah. It's a ador- Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is I have more New York City experience than you do. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure you do, but I have do- I've done jobs in New York City. So you, and, can, and you can bite me. You think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I've accidentally gone over the GW and ended up in New York City for no reason. <laughs> that was fun that day. It was one of the got- one of the first times I, I, I was. It was very early uh, in my IT career because they give me a work van. And I end up in Fort Lee uh, for a job, and I just make the wrong turn, and I get on. I'm like, "Wow, wait a minute!" And then once you're taking the GW, you you take you, that's it. You got to go all the way to the end, and then turn around. So I ended up stopping and just getting a hot dog. I'm like, I, "I'm just that's forget Should've it." Should have got a gyro. I did uh, where I ended up. It was a hot dog truck. I just ended up at the hot dog if truck. If there's one thing I miss, it's streetcar gyros. That's the only thing New York City has to offer, besides the Rockettes, and uh, uh, that's it. Yeah. Rockettes and streetcar gyros. That's it. Everything else is complete shit waste of time. <laughs> gyros. And oh, I mean, well, no, yeah, Twin I mean, Towers. No, wait, they're gone now. Never mind. Whoa. Um, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> what? What's well, interesting? They were great when they were there. When they did the whole skyline of this, the Twin Towers were not in it at all. I'm like, is this even New York City? It's probably the British one. It was a big skyline that they showed. I'm like, where is the fucking Twin Towers? They probably shot at the wrong angle, that's all. Well, you can tell the opening scene when it's, when it's shooting the, the bus on the highway and, yeah. the, cam- and like, the, the frame is shaking slightly. That means that they're shooting really telescopically from like a building far away because they don't have the rights to shoot there. Yeah. So, so that's why they don't have it because they're shooting from like a, they're shooting from a rooftop in like Newark, or or, or um, Jersey City uh, probably Jersey City or where we we Hoboken, they're they're on, a, they're on a tall building in Hoboken shooting the bus coming off the turnpike and like yeah we're not gonna get the twin towers in this one, <laughs> yeah we don't have the rights that's why we're shooting half the shit in England and this is Golden Globus come on yeah, Menachem. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, the movie. The movie. We should be movie. Um, Charles Bronson comes into town. Now, the first film, 
they rape his, rape and kill his wife and rape his daughter. Second yeah. film, they they kill his daughter. Goddamn rich cunts! Did they cunts. kill his girlfriend in part two? I don't forget. I don't remember. I kill rich cunts. I forget if they killed a girlfriend in part two. They killed the daughter in part two. Right, but I don't. I don't remember if the girlfriend lives in part two or not. Uh, I think, I think every. I, th- I think everyone in this dies. We reviewed part two, didn't we? No. I could have sworn we did. No, we did the first one. I think Holly and I watched one and two in a row. And okay. I we we reviewed the first film, but we never reviewed the right. second one. Right. Um, in we've, this one, we've talked about his... reviewing the what? third film. We've talked about reviewing the third film forever. Well, it's because it's one. It's the best Death Wish and the worst. <laughs> but in this one, they kill his his uh, Korean War friend, and then later they kill his girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, she becomes his girlfriend for like ten minutes, and then immediately he's like, he, dies. Yeah, he's like he's like the kiss of death. Yeah, let me let me go get my mail. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> this can't wait till tomorrow. I mean, obviously they would have just killed her a different way. I mean, it, the scene had to happen. It was going to happen no matter what. You know what? And I wish there was like a like a separate scene because he goes in to get this mail. She's waiting in the car. The um, uh, what's his name? Uh the fuck is his name again cold jack fracker 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 comes up and says hello and punches her in the face the other guy puts the car in a neutral and they push it down the hill and then they run away and then the car coasts down the hill and hits another car and immediately i'm thinking well that's not that bad yeah and then they both explode <laughs> yeah <laughs> apparently which, they were both pintos which doesn't happen and if, if you're a millennial google pinto and you'll understand why that's funny and um, you know what? Hold on, real quick. This is probably my favorite scene in the movie, where are we? where, he, where he goes up to the two guys that are like stealing a stereo and fucking with his engine, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, what are you doing to that car?" He's like, "What do you care? It's my car." <laughs> and then he just shoots them. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Now, I, I want to get to that in a minute. Mm. I, have, I have a problem with the film now, watching it as a 43-year-old. Uh-huh. That I didn't really? have, like, 10 years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get to that shortly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I wish they had cut away to a part with, like, Fracker, like, oh, shit, I, we didn't, I didn't expect the cars to explode. I thought we were just, like, going to fuck, fucking scare them. <laughs> yeah. If we wanted to kill the girl, would have shot her in the head. What the fuck is this? And he's like, man, I wish we raped her first. <laughs> yeah right now and, and that's like one thing that bothered me about the film is that now i'm not sure if you're aware of this but this film came out exactly one year after the um terminator um, 2 no oh, this is, but, but it did no, not a fi- this isn't a film reference this is a real life reference oh okay uh the, the bernard gets shootings in new york oh, city oh yeah they yeah, happened yeah. the year I before think, i think you need another one yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love that you that, that was your first quote. <laughs> yeah, so Bernard gets shot four kids that tried to rob him with a screwdriver. Mm. And it was a major court hearing and it was a big thing because it was all about like, you know, the the innocent victim taking back the streets and whatever. But these were all underage kids and they had a screwdriver and he shot them all and shot one of them while they were like on the ground dying or bleeding. And so they rushed Golden Globus rushed this film out immediately. Go, yeah, this is fucking topical. And the problem is, 
it's 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 not that that first killing he does with the two guys robbing his car. It's when he kills the giggler. The giggler. <laughs> they, they killed the giggler. <laughs> he, he had no right to do that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and all immediately all I can think of is uh, the first Mad Max. His name was the Night Rider. <laughs> was it Night Rider? <laughs> Uh, I don't. Th- I don't. Th- I don't think so. But I don't remember it either. No. He was like some kind of writer. He's like his name was the Night Rider. It wasn't Night Rider. What the no. fuck was it? Well, I need to know. I'm gonna find out. So yeah, I feel embarrassed for not knowing that. But it just reminded me of that. Don't like, feel embarrassed. Man, they killed the Giggler, which is actually one of the few things that made it into the films from Death Wish Two. Uh, oh, was the Giggler? The Giggler. Uh, yeah. Um, but. Uh, after he kills the giggler, who who he shoots in the back when he steals his fucking camera, yeah. Now I'm just putting I'm putting perspective in it. Then like the local people come out and like, and like the old lady say, "Hey, oh, he's is. the man that stole my purse," and they all start cheering. And <laughs> and again, this is like the 43 year old like like semi responsible part of me is like, wait a minute, this guy was a was a purse snatcher. He got shot dead in the back, and you're all cheering. It's like, what the fuck? This yeah, all, is really fucking demented. All, all he did was steal purses and. He and just, just. He was a purse snatcher. It's like, all right, yeah. He definitely didn't do good for, like, the community's, like, morale. But he didn't kill anybody, as far as I know from the, watching the film. Right. Uh, well, well, was he involved in killing the guy in the first scene? I don't remember. Uh. He might No. Was he? No, it was Alex Winter. Oh, yeah. he was the other black guy that he kills. Yeah, yeah, because 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 uh, not to be racist or all, but it seems that that um, majority of people he kills in the film are, are black or <laughs> minority. <laughs> At least half of the people he shoots are minority. They they do they they go out of their way to make sure that like seventy five percent of the audience of the uh, not audience like like the the, the the background of hoodlums are white. Well, they make sure yeah. like the majority are white. But it's for the first half of the film, he only ends up shooting the black and Hispanic ones, which is a little weird. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, look, look, look at any uh, like home security commercial. Look at any home security commercial these days. They're all white people. Well, that's what I say. It's always that. They always go out of the way to make sure it's like, yeah, we're not trying to be racist. But then he like the first two out of three people he kills are black people. Well, you know, still. <laughs> uh, oh, and it is Knight Rider from Mad Max. Knight Rider. I was right. His his name. Was Knight Rider? <laughs> they called him Giggly. The Giggler doesn't the giggler. have the same ring to it. No, does it doesn't it? have it. Not at all. The Giggler. <laughs> oh my God! What I what I was like, oh, that's right. His name is the Giggler because he just runs and, and laughs. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first scene he laughs. He, hey. You know, it's a funny thing. All throughout this film, I kept looking up online to see if there was a Wilhelm scream in his film. Because there's so many people shot and screaming, falling out of windows and railings. Right. I was like, there's got to be a Wilhelm screaming here. And I couldn't find one. Yeah. Um, what's what's interesting is uh, I was actually thinking of this film like two weeks ago. I was at one of my side jobs. Right? I was at one of my side jobs. The stripping, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of those. And these two, like, adolescent, almost teenage kids got thrown out of the library. 
And one of them couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> I, I have no idea what they were doing. But these two librarians were so... It's like, you need to leave now. You need to leave now. And this kid's like... <laughs> he just would... It reminded me of like when Gerard couldn't stop laughing. Like, Which was always... When he got into one of those fits where he just couldn't stop. This reminded me so much of that. And it reminded me of this movie because of the giggler. <laughs> and I'm like, they're getting thrown out because they did something stupid. And he, this one kid just wouldn't stop laughing. And I'm just I'm I, and I'm trying not to laugh myself. I'm trying to be kind of like the voice of reason because I'm like they're just kids. But the one woman she's she threatened to call the cops on them. I'm like they're like 11, 12 years old. Call the cops. What are the cops gonna do? But anyway. But yeah, here's uh, uh, uh the the caseworker. She comes and she basically asks uh, Charles Bronson out on a date. Where's this? She's like 28 years old. He's like 65. And she's like, what is going on here? Wait, what's the matter with you? I, I, I had like audio popping in my head from somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Sorry about that. No, it's not okay. you. No, I know it's um, not me. I, well, well, one of our listeners asked me to check our, our live stream feed. So I, I went there and that's always a fucking debacle when I'm recording. Uh, and I said that our video's frozen. But, oh, uh, great! But it seems to be—it seems to be—it seems to be live to me. So we are live. Maybe well, my video's frozen. I don't well, know. I mean, it's recording the video as we speak. But if it's not getting out to everyone there out might, there, there might have been a freeze at some point. But we're going—we're still live now. So don't worry. Don't calm down. No panic. No the, worries. So the video is going through then. Yes, the video is going oh, through. Okay, so it. Um, yeah, it was probably when my mother-in-law oh, yeah. was, was, you know, you know, ninety-nine percent of my CPU. Apparently, that was years. a while ago, but we're fine now, so I don't fucking waste my time. Good. And also, also apparently, um, uh, Crowley worked with uh, uh, Albin Growl, producer of the nineteen ninety-two Manasferatu. I wonder where that came from. Yeah. Um, but that was uh, <laughs> that was that was thrown at us by our veteran listener Gino Cuddy. That, ah. that Crowley also has a link to Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah, because Crowley was out there early 1900s, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, but, uh, anyway, sorry, sidetracked. No, no, um, and we haven't gotten that far yet, but you have a challenge for me? What? Hang on, I'm, we're still talking about the movie. I know, I'm saying that doesn't come till later. Okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway, well, because next week we're doing the Oscar nominations, because... Right, so, so, so I don't need a challenge right now, do I? It's better for the audio. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I have a challenge, but I've forgotten it. Okay, I, I'll accept. I, I was, I'll, I'll I was, accept that. I was um, I was visiting the West Coast this past week, and uh, somebody there said you should review this film. And I said, "Well, uh, I need a link, but we're doing Death Wish three, and it's a vigilante, so it should be an easy link to do that." So, but I don't remember what that was. Okay. <laughs> so I have a I. I have a I have a challenge. I just don't remember what it was. Ah. I, I I probably was slightly out of my mind at the time. So that's probably why. That's okay. It happens a lot these days. It's sad. It's quite alright. Um, um yes. <laughs> now more more on Death Wish. More on Death Wish. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Oh, here's the part where, you... he's, where he sets up the spring uh, <laughs> where there's the two human teeth in it. <laughs> so anyone crawls through the window, they lift the latch off the nail, and then boom! And the two of them are like, oh my god. <laughs> well, uh, the best part is after that whole scene where he's like, what are those? Teeth! Teeth. They cut to a, cop, a squad car and like over the radios that oh, the APB and a man pretended uh, burglary and missing two front teeth. Yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, that was totally not needed, but it worked. <laughs> the, well, yeah. Well, because uh, the way they do it is the the two guys that break in, the one one guy says, well, we can come anytime. We're going to come. Yeah. We're going to make house visits anytime. And then they show him doing that. And then they show him snorting cocaine or heroin. And he's like, I need to make a house call. I'm low on cash. <laughs> and then you just now, hear him try to break in, and then he gets hit in the face with this board. Now, here's board. something interesting. And um, uh, Michael Winner, supposedly, yeah. from what I read, was a huge supporter of police. Yeah. Yet, yet the police don't come off looking too good in this film. No. he As a matter of fact, not only was he a big supporter, but when he died... Uh, there was a whole big thing about his money. Like they said, he was worth like a hundred and a hundred million pounds or something like that. Well, I think he was one of those guys that inflated his. Like, he's like Trump. He's like I'm worth five billion, and then he died. Like, well, you got a couple million on you. Well, what ended up happening was he left uh, like five million pounds to his ex-wife, and he had a couple of mistresses, and there was a couple of other people <laughs> on his payroll, and. <laughs> They said there wasn't enough money to pay everyone. But then they found 50 million pounds in, like, some offshore account. Like, he actually had this money. He just was hiding it really well. <laughs> but where I'm going with the story is they basically said that because they found this money, everyone was able to get paid, including he made a pretty sizable donation to the uh, police foundation. So. <laughs> well, now, I just want to... Just to underline this, because this is the part I, I hooked on and I kind of lost you after that. So he had his mistresses in his will? Um, yeah. <laughs> I only wish I was that wit rich where I could be like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, that, that chick I was sleeping with on the side, put her in there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> most awkward will reading ever yeah right here i'll and to, uh, i'll find and to it. the other two women i was sleeping with yeah <laughs> that's great uh winner uh, okay here no, well, a winner claimed during his lifetime to be worth 75 million pounds with 25 million in offshore bank accounts and his home worth an additional 50 million pounds but on his death his bank accounts were frozen and formal investigation of his affairs began during this, it emerged that Winter had been supporting two former lovers, both of whom had been provided with living expenses and accommodation. The financial assistance extended also to his long-term personal assistant, uh, the former Miss Great Britain, Dinah May. After investigations, it was revealed that Winter's total estate was actually worth £16.8 million, with total outstanding debts of £12 million. In his will, Winter had left his wife a lump sum of five million pounds, but the residual estate was only worth four point seven five. His former wife, uh, his former wife, personal assistant, and lovers engaged probate lawyers to contest the will and their sums due from it. 
However, it then emerged that none of the newspapers that reported the aforementioned information about Michael's beneficiaries were correct, and they included only probate information from the UK assets. Uh, Michael Winter was on record as stating that he had substantial assets in Guernsey. When Guernsey probate was later added, Michael had left a total of 50 million pounds, and it was more than enough to provide for all his beneficiaries in full while leaving a substantial balance to the Police Memorial Trust. So two former lovers, a personal assistant, uh, who is the great uh, uh, Miss Great Britain, it's like, yeah, he basically paid off three... Three mistresses. <laughs> now, speaking of mistresses, yeah, uh, there is a rape scene in the film with a black girl. It's a now, Hispanic or Latin they, girl, but yes. No, 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 no. That's the first one. There's a second scene. They don't actually rape her. It's like Clockwork Orange. They're going to rape her, but they don't because he intervenes. But there's a black girl in the third act that oh, who's right. like topless. Oh, you're and they're right. They're gonna rape her. And you know what's interesting? I, I watched most of this at work today, and yeah. I was watching it on my computer screen, and I was like, I know there's at least one or two rape scenes in here, and a long time had <laughs> gone least. by. Well, Death Wish movies always have rape. Yeah, there's um, at least a rape scene involved. Come on. But a long time had gone by. A long time had gone by, and I'm like, where the hell is this rape scene? As I'm saying that, it's happening. I'm like, I got to stop this. I'm in my office. I can't watch. <laughs> I cannot watch this here. So I ended up watching uh, the rest of it on my phone. <laughs> See, that that's the beauty of working from home is that I have rape scenes going all day and I'm helping people. Yeah. Because, yeah, click click that. They don't know there's a rape scene going because, hey. No, no they certainly who, don't. I'm not going to tell them because I'm being, you know, professional. And uh, the, the one, the, anyway, the Hispanic girl that gets what? raped, she ends up dying because... The doctor right, said that, that there was like blood clots that broke free and went right into her heart. I'm like, she had a broken right. arm. <laughs> no, no, when I when I when that happened, I, I wish that like Bronson had gone, hey, <laughs> wife died from rape. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's mirroring to the first film. You should have been like, hey, I've been there, man. Walk it off. Yeah. <laughs> Help me kill a few guys. You'll forget all about it. Which he does, and they really, they really kind of set him up that way too. Because at the end, he's like, he, like he, when he's he's getting like the, the the fucking like machine gun ready to mow down random people, he shows up. Say, I saw you coming in. Figured you were gonna kill people, right? He's like, Yeah, want to help? Yeah. Wife died from rape, right? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like the the uh, wife died from rape club. Oh yeah. Come, come armed, because we're gonna kill some motherfuckers. Oh, here's the giggler scene. <laughs> <laughs> Is the giggler scene on? What, what's the what's the what's the number time? Uh, forty-seven minutes. Forty-seven. All right. I'll make sure I'm like, I gotta sync up with you since I'm not watching live. Ah, uh, forty-seven. Hey, I want, I want some ice cream. <laughs> now, and that's it. Like, like, like the, the when he first stops the one guy and the kid like gives the fist pump and he gives it back. Yeah. And he's buying the kid an ice cream, and then after he kills the giggler, the 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 uh, the people come out. Hey, that's the guy who stole my purse. Yeah, I'm glad he's fucking dead. <laughs> it's like so. Then by the third by the third act, the the people like there's the one scene where the, like the, the the local people have the chain, and when the bikers come up, they pull it and knock them off. And if you watch carefully, the one guy goes to, and they they all just shoot at him. 
Yeah. And then the one guy goes down and pulls a gun off the one biker and tosses it over his shoulder and somebody else grabs it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, now I have a gun. It's like, holy shit, things have escalated quickly. Well, yeah, because when the, they, they get shot and the one guy he comes out and he's just like kind of, he shoots at him again. <laughs> it's like, all of a it sudden. It was a Bernie like, Gets moment. It's like, I think you need another one. The whole <laughs> film was like a Bernie Gets film. Yeah. And I think even I think even Charles Bronson came out after the film and said uh, that people that watching the film should not emulate what I'm doing because this is bad. <laughs> well, it's just entertainment, but yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, it is entertainment, but it was also released the year after the Bernie Gets thing, and you have you have people in the public cheering a vigilante shooting pickpockets in the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's there again. There's the there's the part of my brain that's like yeah this is fucking great fuck it machine gun yeah and there's the other part of my brain that's like uh, most of these people aren't like guilty of murder and you're just shooting them willy nilly this is kind of wrong <laughs> <laughs> so and it's like I'm a little older now when I watch this I feel a bit conflicted yeah and he's got like, free oh. reign from the police chief he's just like yeah you do what you need to do <laughs> <laughs> I watched the first act with Holly he's like and the guy says you know I could kill you right now. <laughs> it's like, can a cop say that? I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they can. Because you always violate everyone's constitutional constitutional rights. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> like, hello, police officer. <laughs> you see the cameras on the wall? Yeah, there's a. So there you go. Let's keep talking. Yeah. You know what it is? I and then, she, and then he watching, turns out to be his best buddy by the end of the movie. She's rewatching the X Files, so she's watching all these scenes where there's interrogations and there's cameras viewing. Yeah. And then there's this, was like, yeah, this is the middle of New York City. There's no cameras. There's just like there's a guy like, fuck you, I'm gonna, I'll fucking kill you and plant a knife. Yeah. <laughs> it's like flesh. It's like flesh one, with, with uh, Joe Don Baker. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, no one could, no one questioned the veracity when Joe Don Baker did it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It was not like that scene in Copland. <laughs> <laughs> On the bridge. <laughs> not that I'm comparing Jodon Baker to Charles Bronson, mind N you. Uh, no. Although he dies real good in Cape Fear. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking De Niro. Wait, Jodon really Baker dies in Cape Fear? Yeah. He gets it's fucked, been, he right, gets been fucked up by De Niro. Film. He gets fucked up by De Niro. Joe Don Baker is basically like, yeah, I'm going to hang out in your house. I'm going to give you protection. And De Niro is just like, uh, yeah, I'm going to come, you know, dressed like a woman. <laughs> and you're not going to know. Wow, I, I don't remember that part at all. I watched it. It's a really good shot, too. It's an overhead shot of De Niro, uh, uh, like, strangling uh, Joe Don Baker with, I believe, piano wire. All right, all I remember is, Think. All, all, honestly, all I remember from the entire film and I and I took this film as a in a Scorsese course, but all I remember is is uh, all I remember is Robert De Niro ruining a film for them. Right. Uh, what's her name sucking on his thumb? Oh, Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis, that little whore sucking on his thumb. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Nick Nolte trying to crush his head with a rock while he's speaking in tongues. That's all I remember. I think that's all I need to remember. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think that pretty I, sums the film up. I do like Cape Fear. The, the re I do like the remake. Uh, honestly, I've, I've never seen either of them from beginning to end. I've just seen clips of them. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, it, it, it's a very biased relationship here. But I, but I did sit through Raging Bull numerous times, so I think I'm even. Oh, okay. One of my. Shit, uh, I, I, I even sat through fucking uh, Boxcar. What's her name? One of Scorsese's early films. Oh. Uh, Boxcar Bertha? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and I still remember that. I was It was a, new, it was a class at the new school in New York City, and I still remember him. It was a Scorsese class. He has a list of all of the Scorsese films, and I just kind of raised my hand and said, yeah, I noticed that uh, After Hours is on this list. So yeah, I didn't include that because I didn't think it was one of his better films. It's like, dude, fuck you. That's his best film. I'm already failing this class. <laughs> I didn't fail the class, but still, fuck you. After well, Hours is fucking genius. Thank you. One of uh, one of the things that I would always uh, back in what I like to call the day. Uh, the day when we had laserdisc players, and that was the best quality picture and sound you could get. It was expensive at, at the moment. Well, yeah, basically from 1979. Until DVD took it out in 95, 96. Laserdisc was the best. Nobody really had it in America. But uh, it, we, we just talked about this recently, too. But yeah. uh, the direction I'm going to go with it is... You can say that about anything, really. Yeah, that's true. One of the things that I would always refer to as far as why we should be watching our movies in a widescreen, letterbox format... You know, all of that. And I would always use Cape Fear as the example. And the reason I would do that is Why? because in, in the beginning of the film, or near the beginning of the film, there's a shot of De Niro getting out of prison. And in the full frame, uh, the 4-3 aspect ratio, which is what TV's up until... Don't throw numbers at me. Yeah, okay. Uh, up, <laughs> <laughs> up until the, say early 2000s uh, would always come in a 4-3 aspect ratio. Basically a square. And a lot of the movies, most of the movies were shot in a widescreen format, which you, is how you would watch them in a movie theater. But when you actually got them for home, you'd watch them in a square 4-3 aspect ratio. Well, one of the things I would always say is like, listen, you should be watching your films letterboxed, 16-9, that's how you should be watching them. And people would say, why? And I would always use Cape Fear as one of the examples. And the reason is, near the beginning of the film where he's getting out of prison, you see De Niro walking towards the screen. And you hear someone in the background say, hey, what about all, you know, about, what about all your books? He's like, ah, I already read them. And then he walks into the screen, fades to black, next shot. In the letterbox or the widescreen format, you see this dude with this huge-ass card of books on the left side of the screen. You, it do, it's not as a powerful scene unless you see this guy with this giant card of books that he's read. So, what's wrong with you? And, and then they would always say, but, but what about Death Wish 3? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about it? <laughs> Oh, what are God. your what are your thoughts on the movie as a whole, Joey? Come on, as a whole, as a whole compared to the series, uh, just as a vigilante film, as a social uh, snapshot of our our culture. What do you, what, what are your thoughts on the film? Well, I think you nailed it. It's the best worst film in the series. That's one. Two, it, it's a real sign of the time because 
gang violence was at a, a, at its peak during you know the this era the, the in early to mid eighties. That is true. Now um, this is now uh, this is around the, the Reagan era. Am I correct? It is the Reagan era. So we also had this whole misguided uh, um, just say no just say policy. No. Yep. Uh, uh, kind yep. of like just you turn a blind eye to it, and instead of like solving anything, just blaming the just just pointing a finger at yeah, these hoodlums. These are people causing it. And uh, not to get too political here, but you know you're right. This is this is kind of a snapshot of the times. Also, it's also a snapshot of the exploitation of the times. So like I said, uh, this is capturing that whole zeitgeist of uh, um, Bernie Getz is the good guy, this effeminate poodle owning cocksucker who, who shot a bunch of kids with a gun because it made them feel better when they were trying to rob him with a screwdriver. And uh, I always wanted to write a scene in a, in a book where I had four kids with guns and then the guy on the subway kills him with a screwdriver. That would have been great. <laughs> but uh, anyway. And also, the, the obsession with the, the main cop, uh, the, the, the lieutenant, what, the what chief, that was like, that, that pretty much told us, uh, yeah, yeah, the vigilante works for me now. <laughs> um, yeah, one very every, important thing, you work they for kept, me now. They kept showing him killing cockroaches. Uh, yeah. And it, it never really a Perfect timing. It just, happened, it just happened on screen. I don't think it just happened. I think no, no, it was planned. It was scripted. No, 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 no. I'm so, no, I'm saying as you mentioned that, that's what was going on on the screen right now. Oh, okay. I'm that just saying I'm, the, ti the, well, ti the timing was good, is what I was getting. Then I'm very well synced with you, then, because that's what I'm watching right now. Oh, okay. And um, oh, this is a uh, Bronson six pack in this shot, by the way. Like you could see it through his shirt. <laughs> like he's standing at the window, dude, and it's like, dude, the guy's sixty something. He's got a legitimate six pack. At sixty three, yeah, he's fucking. He he was like fucking. Um, uh, what's his name doing push ups at the Oscars? Oh, Jack Palance. Palance, yeah. One arm push up, yeah. Yeah, you get these fucking hardcore guys. Like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't just fucking play this. I live it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm Mister Majestic for a reason, motherfucker. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I you know I think like guys like. Uh, uh, Burt Reynolds to kind of drop the ball because as they got older, they kind of was like, you know, they didn't really keep up that thing where they could pull like shirtless scenes at 60. But fucking Bronson, give him credit, 63. He he bangs the, the young attorney chick and you buy it. You're like, yeah, yeah, he banged her. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They show him putting the shirt on. She's like, well, have you ever given a thought to having new relationships? <laughs> he got to him. He's like, nah. <laughs> No, I'm good. Yeah, totally fine. He fucking sells it. Yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee. Uh, is like I have no doubt that after filming, he went and banged, banged a height like a, a, a like a, a early thirties, late twenties, uh, lawyer. Yep. <laughs> just, 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 just to do it, just to say, hey, you know, I just did a film. I want to do it in real life? You game? Yeah. Okay. Good. In Burt Reynolds' defense, though, he's like in his late 70s early 80s at this point yeah he, he did that film with Demi Moore striptease where uh there was a part in the film where he didn't have a shirt on and he was like 65 well he was playing a senator not like a vigilante no but I'm just saying he was in great fucking shape I uh, he was he was in passable shape I don't know and Harrison Ford he's always been in like amazing shape for some crazy ass don't reason. don't drag Harrison Ford into this you Star Wars geek what? 
<laughs> the fuck does that? That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I know, I'm kidding. But he's so dreamy. Um, anyhow. 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 Anyway. Any who's a what's it? Um. So yeah, my my main my main love of the film and my main problem with the film is by the third act, it becomes an all-out war between the citizens and the street people. And yeah, this, like they get like the motorcycle gang throwing hand grenades in empty buildings, but then they're like shooting people. Yeah, <laughs> and like the the general public just comes out shooting people, and uh, you know, I, hmm. it's, it's it's my older self creeping in like, hey guys, this may not be the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you're talking to somebody that grew up reading The Punisher and stuff, so well, I'm yeah. totally into vigilante justice. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, shooting the pickpocket in the back is not, not the best. Uh, but I, this film is totally at odds with both of my psyches. That's the problem. Fucking jaywalkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you read that issue. Fucking ain't right. Anybody under the age of 30 has no idea what we're fucking talking no, about No, right no. Uh, if I remember correctly, did, wasn't he, uh, didn't he get like fucking laced with, some, like he got fucked up somehow. He, yeah, yeah, they, 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 they drugged him. Yeah. They plugged the Punisher, and so he was like wandering around in days. He, he saw two like, like this like young couple that were giggling and laughing, and they were, like had a paper over their head because it was raining. Yeah. And they ran into the park, and they threw it aside, he's like, litterers. And he sprayed at him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. Well, yeah. Uh... But, again, I, I'm I'm a strong proponent of vigilante justice. But there's a part of this film that, again, because it was two Jewish filmmakers that were just, like, jumping on any kind of exploitation process. Right. I'm watching it, and the third act, I'm like, yeah, you guys might be going to... I can see why Charles Bronson himself came out and even said, uh, no one should emulate what I'm doing in this film. <laughs> and supposedly he was upset that they went back and shot... Um, and I call bullshit on this, because, you know, as a veteran actor, you know what third third fuck... Like, what, like, second... second um, Like, B-roll units are. They shoot the shit they're not involved in. Right, so they're not, right, they're right, not right. shooting like alternate shots when they have the star on screen, but his big thing was he supposedly outraged because they shot violent scenes of like uh, extras being killed, the ones he's supposedly shooting at. It's like, dude, you know how fucking cinema works. Yeah. What'd you think? Like they're gonna shoot you? Like they're gonna like shoot you? Like shooting over the 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 uh, the wall, and then they'll cut to a guy going, oh, no. <laughs> They're going to have his chest explode and he falls backwards. You fucking asshole. Uh, that I think is bullshit. But I do think, I would actually equate this with Jim Carrey coming out after uh, the uh, Kick-Ass sequel where he said, yeah, I don't support this film because it was too violent. It's like they read their part and they get into the film and they get the money and they get out. And then they see like the, the cultural reaction to it. Like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have like, you know, glorified violence so much. Uh, I still haven't seen Kick-Ass 2. Me neither, but I, I know his reaction to it. And from when I when I saw the trailer for it, I'm like, is that fucking Jim Carrey? Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I, that's the only reason I want to see it is because that Jim Carrey shot. It's like, wow, that's Jim Carrey. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's his name in there? Stars and Stripes? Is that the name of his character? I don't know because I haven't seen it. 
think his name. Well, I'll look it up real quick. But I think his name, his com, or his superhero name is Stars and Stripes. Yeah, but I mean, and uh, I found that interesting. That's why I want to see it. Well, that movie's fucking four years old already. Or three and a half. It's almost four years old. Oh God. And I, I find it interesting too. Like these these actors that'll come out and they'll say, yeah. Uh, I went into this film, and but but now I'm totally not backing it because it's violence. Like, dude, you read the fucking screenplay. You're not an idiot. You know what the fuck's going to go on. Well, yeah. And you 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 know what the first kick ass was like, right? That wasn't that was violent, right? Very. Uh, yes, yeah. it's just like Colonel Stars and Stripes. Yeah. So I, I I this this whole like oh I had no idea it was going to be so violent. You're full of fucking shit. Yeah. Especially a big name like Jim Carrey when he's on a set. I guarantee, like, he's talking to the director, he's talking to this and that. He, and if he's not, he's an asshole. Like, how can we make this more violent? Yeah. I mean, come on. Even Charles Bronson. How many people have you killed on screen and suddenly you're concerned about, oh, the public is going to might emulate what I'm doing? Yeah. You, you didn't give a shit about that during Death Wish 1 and 2 when you were killing fucking random people? You asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so... Yeah, the reservations I'm having as a viewer, I don't know if I, I, I give the same leeway to an actor who, a veteran actor. Again, we're talking Charles Bronson. How many films has he been in before Death Wish? Three? Oh he's even be, he's even been in two Death Wishes before Death Wish 3. And suddenly he's shocked at the ramifications of his actions in a film? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Jackass. Fucking, oh gee, maybe the public won't like me now. And, and by the way, you're 63. Who gives a fuck what anybody thinks? Yeah, that's true. Even though you made two death wishes after this. Yeah, he totally so did. He, so even then, death and, three. And oh, not, only, well, not only did he do two death wishes after this, but he basically, since he made Death Wish, that's all the kind of films that he made. Evil That Men Do. Uh, what was the other one? The, 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 the Yakuza movie. Um, uh, Kinjite? It might have been Kinjite. Uh, Kinj I think it's Kinjite. Yeah, he did that. Then he did, uh, there was another one. Uh, what the fuck was the other one that he did? Uh, oh, man. All right, I'll look it up. We, wait, we should actually take a quick look at uh, Charles Bronson's uh, resume of films. Are you, are you telling me I should look it up on IMDb while you're looking it up on IMDb? I'm already on IMDb. Oh, then I'm I'm behind the game then. Okay. Yeah. What was the other one? He did uh, Act of Vengeance, a TV movie. He did Murphy's Law, right after. Now let's he, be fair. After Death Wish Five, he didn't have much left to do because he no. died shortly after that. His last film was Family of Cops Three, and he died in two thousand three. Messenger of Death. <laughs> Kinjite. I remember that came out. We, I was in middle school when that came out. I remember seeing it in the back of the, the New York Post. Because like I've mentioned before on the show, they used to have... I'd always look at the movie section and the movie times because in the back of the Post, it had these uh, little pictures of movie posters of the films uh -huh. coming out. And I remember Kinjite being one of them. Yeah. And I've never seen Kinjite. I have it. It's on my list. I've never gotten around to watching it. You know, and, and I try to explain this to people sometimes, too, because they'll say, Hey, Scott, you're a movie guy. You haven't seen this yet? So listen, motherfucker. 
do you know how many films come out every fucking year? Yeah. <laughs> and do you know that not only am I trying to watch those, but I'm trying to watch the films that were made from like, oh, 1920-something on? So, yeah, I'm a little fucking behind. Thank you. Because I'm watching things like 36 Hours to Kill, which, by the way, was was not a good way to kill an hour and five minutes. <laughs> But was typical of the films coming out at that time period. Google it, motherfucker. Google it. Yeah, Google it. I'm not going to explain that shit. Fucking Google that shit. What was the first thing that Bronson ever did? Man. Man, he's been acting a long fucking time. Jesus Christ. When he did Death Wish, he probably had... Let's see. How many things has he done? He's done 162 different projects. And I guarantee you, by the time he did Death Wish, he had like 120. Yeah, his whole career was, again, he's Mr. Fucking Majestic. He's the melon farmer that goes on a vigilante rampage. Come on! First thing he ever did was uh, Fireside Theater in 1949. Oh, all right. One Jesus of our Christ. other listeners. And when and when he been... did when he did that in 1949, the motherfucker was already 28 years old. Okay, I I just want to mention because some of our listeners that are listening slash watching us right now uh-huh. are are mess- messaging me personally on Facebook because the live stream messenger sucks balls. Mm. Um. But uh, uh hang on a second. But, yeah. Um. One of our listeners has been recommending other Bronson films. Red Sun, 1971. Okay. Bronson and Tashira in original Shanghai Noon. Falachi Breakout, Papers. Ni- I mean, Falachi Papers. Breakout, 1975. Falachi Papers. That's probably really what ended up putting him on the map. Uh, and The Evil That Men Do in 86. Although... Um, once upon a time in the west. Sorry, once upon a time in the west is probably. Yeah, I mean he was already right. kind of famous. Now but... Gino Cuddy, who has his own podcast out by the way, now what's the name of that podcaster? I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't remember. We're gonna plug the podcast. You don't remember the name of it? Well, you should have that shit ready if you're just gonna blurt it out. I'm, not, but yeah, but I'm not. It's the like producer, motherfucker. it's it's like well. I didn't realize that I was producing another podcast. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I believe it's like the cult movie something or other. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll, I'll get the exact name from Gino any second now. But uh, Gino does that podcast. Um, he's he's saying Ten to Midnight as another as another uh, Bronson vigilante film. Technically, no, that doesn't count because he's not he's not, not a vigilante in Ten to Midnight, which we reviewed, by the way. Didn't we? Uh, we've no? met. No, we haven't formally reviewed it, but we've mentioned oh, it a bunch of times. Fuck. I think. I, all right, I, my fascination with overrode reality, but in Ten to Midnight, he does become a vigilante, but only at the very end. True. And technically, he's still a cop at the time. He just like shoots when he shouldn't. But so that that doesn't really count as a vigilante film. I, that's like borderline vigilante. Uh, but oh, yeah, yeah, but the other uh, one of our other listeners like listed Breakout, The Evil That Men Do, and Red Sun, all of which I've never seen, and all of which are adding to my fucking list. So I'm on those. I can't find it. 
Find out which one. The name of his podcast. Chino, what's the name of your goddamn podcast? And we <laughs> promised to review it. Hold maybe, on, I'll maybe, check. Maybe there. put it in the live chat on my end. I could have sworn I had it. Oh, it's right here. It's right here. The new cult film podcast. Ah. Uh. It's called the New Cult Film Podcast. You can find it on YouTube. And the first film they did was Old Enough from 1984. Ah, uh, yes, Old Enough. Yeah, and we will have a link to that episode on the Facebook page uh, as soon as I can like click this right here. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so, so, very fucking quick. Thank you very much. And and uh, apologies to Gino. I have not I had time yet to watch your podcast because I just came back from California Sunday night and I started work on Monday. And uh, the older I get, the more fucking things I have to do before I can do the shit I want to do. Yeah. I hate the and now that I'm getting married, what the fuck? Yeah, what's wrong with you? What the what the fuck? All of a sudden, I got like shit to worry about that's not mine. You got responsibilities. Yeah, it's like, well, we have to worry about this, but that's not mine. So, yeah, we have to worry about it. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, worrying about my own shit was a full-time job before this, and I'm not even married yet. Yeah, God you've, damn you've, it. you've inherited more shit to worry about. Yeah, not, I haven't even inherited it yet. Legally, legally, I'm not bound to it yet, but I'm still fucking stuck with it. So, yeah, there, there's, there's that. <laughs> so, the first, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to hear Gino Cuddy's new podcast on old films... On cult films called the New Cult Movie Podcast, his first episode, which is roughly forty-five minutes long, can be found on YouTube, and you can find it on our Facebook page. And I'm posting it there right now. Nice. So if Gino ever says you never did anything for me, he's fucking lying. Because <laughs> we did. We totally did. And we love Gino. Oh yeah. With a passion that is almost illegal. Oh my. <laughs> I think actually it is illegal. Uh, ten technically it is illegal, but we still love them nonetheless. In 37 states, I believe it's illegal. It, uh, 35. 35, okay. You're probably right. Well, the laws are changing a lot these days. Yeah, yeah. Marijuana is uh, legal in a bunch of states, but I heard, I just heard the other day it's legal. I don't remember the state, but it's. they said it's legal in this state, but you can't buy it. You can't sell it. You can't smoke it in designated areas. So how is it actually legal anywhere? What do they call? What do they call uh, a Big Mac? <laughs> a Royale with cheese. <laughs> no, no. Le Big Mac. Thank you. Yes. What do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go to fucking Burger King. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Yes, that was a, that was a Quentin Tarantino uh, blowjob right there. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's right. What do you call it? quarter pounder with, with cheese? Le Royale with cheese. Royale <laughs> what do you call a Big cheese. Mac? Le Big Mac. What do you oh. call a Whopper? I don't know. I don't fucking go to Burger King. Hold on. Since we're, <laughs> since we're talking about Quentin Tarantino, can I briefly mention a film that we're not reviewing? Are we done with Death Wish 3 then? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Let's, let's, let's take a look at that because we are running a bit late, but it's yep. been a while, so I feel like we're catching up. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I. Do you have anything else to say about Death Wish 3? No. I did just add it to my Plex today, though. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I didn't have any of them. I'm like, how did I How did I review Death Wish and I didn't have the movie? It's like, did I... 
<clears throat> that I just grab it off my wall and watch it? I'm like, I don't Dude, really you, do you that. You've seen it so many times, it's like subconscious. At it's point. probably. So the film is uh, 5.9 on IMDb, um, which is probably a 6 out of 10. It's probably, probably, um, probably kind of high, to be honest. You know, I'd give it a 6 out of I, 10. I wouldn't mind giving it a 6. Uh, now, 5 is average. 5 is middle of the road. I'd give it slightly right. above average just because it's topical. Now... Here's something else that Holly said to me that I, like totally caught me off guard. Watching the film and they mentioned, they, they introduced a Jewish couple, oh, the right. old the old yeah. Jewish couple, yeah, and he's wearing the yarmulke when they introduced him at their house, and she said to me, "Why is he wearing the yarmulke?" I said, "Well, they do that, don't they?" So he, she, she said, "Yeah, but but not outside of the house. They wear it outside. They don't wear it in their house." I mean, is that true? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough Jewish people to be able to firmly state whether or not that's accurate or not. I used to. But, I, I could have asked someone at work, but they retired, so now I can't. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I don't know any Jewish people anymore. So, and um, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> just leave it alone, dude. I'm just going to leave it alone. Just leave, I'm it alone. leave it alone. Just leave it alone. But she, she said, as far as she knows, that Jewish people don't wear yarmulkes in their house, they only wear them when they go outside. And I said to her, hey, I was on the plane coming back from California, and there was a guy with a yarmulke, and he was holding it out with, like, hairpins. She said, yeah, they do that. But they wear them outside. They don't wear them in their house. So the fact that this Jewish guy, her point was, the only reason they have him wearing yarmulke in the house is so they can tell you he's Jewish without saying, hey, by the way, he's Jewish. <laughs> and, I, and I buy that. Now, considering the film was made by two Jew is Israeli filmmakers, Golden Globus. Right. I don't consider that racist in the least. Well, the director was Jewish too, so. The, oh, Winner was Jewish as well. Yeah, I was not aware of that because his name doesn't sound Jewish. Well, he was born in the the UK, but he's his parents were Jewish, so. Well, see, there you go. So you had a Jewish director and two Jewish uh, producers. Yep. So if he if he if, if Jewish guys were in a yarmulke in the house, then that's how it's done. Yeah, that's how that's how it's done. Even if it's not how it's done. That's how it's done, because That's... we can argue with three Jews. Fuck that. <laughs> it's more than that, I think, but yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not I'm not getting into that argument. I'm just going to say, okay, hey, if you wear the hat wherever you want. <laughs> I assume they wear the hat everywhere. But I, that's yeah, just me. Hey, th listen, I don't know enough. I would, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I would buy it. Oh, you wear it I, everywhere? Sure, why not? I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> so are we going to say six? Six is fine. All right. Our official rating on IMDb is six. Taking a quick peek at the uh, demographics, which is my favorite part of the thing. Here's the interesting thing. Highest rating is six. Second highest is five. Third highest is one. Oh, my. That's interesting. So you got kind of like it. It's okay. Eh. There's, there's no, like, the ten ratings are really low. Total horseshit. All right, here we go. Highest rating is is uh, males under 18, 7.1%. Okay. People people twice the age of me love this fucking film. Twice? Well, they also voted for Trump. Uh, <laughs> that's a now, guarantee. Don't blame, don't blame that on the young people. Let's uh, not blame that on the millennials. Okay. Now, who, hate, who did not like this film? Lowest percentage on IMDb? Males, 45 and higher. 
5.3% rating. Oh, when you said twice the age of you, I thought it was like 67-year-olds. That's why I said... No, no, I meant, half, I meant half the age. Fine, so you confused me. I'm sorry. Age under 18, 7.1. Yeah, nobody under the age of 18... Or, well, I shouldn't say under the age of 18. Millennials now, did not vote for Trump. Now, this should, <laughs> be a, this, this should explain something to you. All the people aged under the... All the people under the age of 18, 7.1 for Death Wish 3, yeah. 9. Males under the age of 18, 7.1, 9. No girl, women under the age of 18 have ever rated this fucking film. <laughs> so if you're if you're a female under the age of 18, you're like, I'm not even fucking watching this. What? Why would I watch this? <laughs> now, if you get to our age, 30 to 44, males, 6... 6.0, female 5.8. Because, hey, there's rapists and they're killing them. Can't argue with that. Yeah. But the lowest demographic is is uh, females under the age, over the age of 45. They're at 5.3 average. Okay. Ma that's males. Males yeah. under the age of 45, 5.3. Females over the age of 45, 6.2. Again, they're killing rapists. Extra star. <laughs> If as long as you kill a rapist in a film, you're guaranteed one star higher by the female population. Unless they're under eighteen, because they don't understand what rape is, because they've been watching uh, fucking um, uh, Twilight too much. Right. And they think rape is just what your boyfriend does when he turns into a werewolf. Ah, yes. Oh, you know, by the way, IMDb staff. One member of IMDb staff. Four point Fuck you. <laughs> you know, I was looking at uh, the. The stats for this movie, or like the cost, the budget. You know, this movie cost ten million dollars. I'm also getting the feeling that the IMDb staff is like thirty years and under. Probably. Because whenever you get to the films like this, like one IMDb member didn't like it. See, yeah, because they're probably twenty something. No, that's, and that's they probably don't that's probably accurate. Yeah, yeah, you didn't grow up during the Reagan era. Fuck you. <laughs> And you know, I grew up in the Reagan era, and I, I still have reservations about this film. So yeah, it's like, oh, you you absolutely <laughs> loved the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, okay, <laughs> dumbass. Oh, now now you're making me wonder what the IMDb crowd has rated the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. <laughs> Hold on, because this is gonna blow it out of the water. <laughs> I'm going there right now. I, I'm either gonna look brilliant or I'm gonna look really stupid. I, I got a feeling you're gonna look brilliant. Hang on. IMDb staff, six people rated it, 6.9. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Almost seven stars. Seven out of ten IMDb for the staff. SpongeBob SquarePants movie. IMDb staff has rated the square, SpongeBob SquarePants film fucking smart. <laughs> I almost want to... Have you ever seen season seven of Mystery Science Theater 3000? Oh, I... I'm sure I've, see, I'm sure I've seen Laser some Blast. of it. Uh, the movie Laser Blast. And uh, Carl Malton, I, I'm probably getting the name wrong, but Malton, he did his book of movie reviews. Yeah. And he gave Laser Blast, Laser Blast three and a half stars. So the end credits, they go through every film he ever gave three and a half stars. Like, oh, look, Prince's Honor. Exact same level as Laser Blast. <laughs> it, it, it just kind of shows how useless the fucking star process is as a rating system. Yeah. But, and also how useless film critics are. But, yeah. 
<laughs> Leonard Malton. Thank you. For, Leonard thank Malton. You, Chino. Um, Leonard Malton. Leonard yes. Malton. Um, well, I'll tell you, you know, I like the four star. I don't like it when they do five stars. Four, I, I believe four. It's like if you go over four stars, you just it's ridiculous. Stop it. Here's now. my problem: when they do ten stars, it's like, dude, why don't you why don't you just do five stars and do like halves? That's what bothers me. And also, ironically, when they do five stars but they give you the half point, I'm like, just do ten stars. What the fuck? Yeah, well. I think so five I, stars should be I, reserved for products, like say your Amazon products or whatever product. Four stars is for movies. Ten stars, IMDb does that. That's kind of their thing. I but IMDb oh IMDb does no IMDb does ten stars right. Yeah. Uh, Amazon is five stars. And uh, the tradition forever was four stars for films. But that that and kind of off of like restaurants and stuff, like a four star restaurant, four star right. hotel. So no, that no. was restaurant. Know, I, no restaurants and, and 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 hotels are five stars. I thought they were four star. No, there's five star. I've been staying at the wrong fucking hotels. <laughs> Holy shit! That's why I like the little motels and stuff are three. I like to stay at places places that are one and then act surprised when they're okay. <laughs> Hey, no one mugged me at night. This thing is fucking great. What do you yeah. think? It's like a yeah. hotel out of Death Wish. I'm surprised I'm still alive. Ah, yeah. I'll get that sometimes when I travel for my company and the, the people that I'm traveling for say, yeah, how come you're spending so much on this hotel? So, well, because I don't stay at two-star hotels because I don't enjoy being woken up with a gun in my face at three in the morning. <laughs> and I'm not fond of bed bugs. Yeah, well, yeah. Or semen. No. Oh, here's the part where he gets blown up. <laughs> you know, here's the oh, most yeah. ridiculous I, part of the film. I'm totally getting. Like, I'm totally getting that face. That is going to be the banner. <laughs> it's almost it's, the weird thing is like he blows up their leader. He's he's a fucking molten pile of rubble. You can't even recognize him. Yeah. But then it's almost like when they killed the queen and alien. It's like, all right, we're done. We have to go now. The queen's been killed. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous fucking ending where they 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 kill the head guy and everybody's like, yeah, we're done. We should go back and like get jobs at Kmart. See, no, <laughs> no. That now you have because in the beginning of the film, he comes back from jail and there's one guy. I'm assuming it's like his VP filling in for him. He's like, hey, you've been filling in for me while I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, as a reward, I'm gonna stab you in the throat. <laughs> and he does. And they're like, okay, now we're back to business. They're like, shit, that's fucking cruel. So when he dies, this one is like, yeah, no one's want to step up. But but hey, he's not going to come back and stab you in the throat. Who's who's going to fill in the, you know? Yeah, there's got to be a num- there's got to be another gone. there's got to be another number two. Yeah, where's Alex Winter? Does he die? In it? Does Alex Winter actually die in this film? Um, I don't remember if he gets shot or not. Yeah, he I don't does. He does. He was he had a shotgun. He was pointing it at Bronson. Then. The chief shoots him. He goes, I, I owed you one, dude. That was, yeah, I thought that was him. Okay, right. He calls, he calls Bronson dude like three times in this movie. Because <laughs> all the cops, you know, all the square cops call people dude. Yeah, totally. But then again, you got you to gotta figure when he was in the 60s, he was probably the right age. He's one of those hippies that became a cop. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely. He's like, ah, Working, this ain't only for me. I need a fucking city paycheck. Working for the See, man. He went from being a hippie to being the cop. There's a whole backstory of that character I can write like now. 
about him being a former hippie. Uh, probably. Uh, all right. So, so I guess we're 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 pretty much done. So you know, next, what was I going to say when you cut me off? I didn't cut you off. I was going to say something, and they said, "Oh, we're we finished with this film." I was like, "Yeah, we are," but I was trying to bring something up. God damn it! I'm going to be very pissed if I forget what I was going to bring up. Well, we were rating it. Oh yeah, no, no. Charles Bronson, right? We're rating, we're reviewing this. We're rating it. We rate it. We're rating it six stars, right? Yes. And I I don't I forget if I did that before I went to, yeah I did because then we went to Square Bob Sponge Pants. Square Bob Sponge Pants. Okay. Yeah, you you don't like fucking me. Don't start with me. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not starting with um, you. <laughs> don't fuck with me. Okay. Fuck was that? That was somebody calling me, possibly accidentally on my phone while we're recording. Oh, okay. Uh, they probably pushed the wrong button. Facebook has that where if you accidentally hit the wrong button, you end up calling them. So that was probably a mistake. I've done that a couple of times, and I'm like, I don't even know how I did it. This particular person has never tried to call me on Facebook ever in my life. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I guarantee right now he's texting. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. All right, whatever. Um. And he's listening to the show, so what the fuck? Um, yeah, sorry. Phone is losing its damn shit. Yeah, that, that, that's usual. Um, and it killed my feed, so I'm just going to post it, I guess. Uh, I was doing a Facebook feed, so anybody listening to the show, if you go to my Facebook page, you can watch just my part of the show, which you wouldn't want to do, so don't do it. It's pointless. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I wanted to bring up briefly... Because I mentioned to you last night that I, I watched, um, there's a there's a director that he constantly make fun of called um, what's his name? Uh, director. Yeah, director. Shitty films. Very shitty films. Very oh, shitty. Oh, you bull. No, the other guy. The other guy. The other guy. Uh, the um. Can you House, name of the, House of the Devil. Ty West. Ty West motherfucking Ty West came out with a western yeah. called In the Valley of Violence. Oh boy. Gino Gino even chimed in. Ty West! You mean Ty West? Yeah, Ty West. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched he had, I, I saw he had a western and there was also the other western called A Hollow Point that I've been dying to see. It's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking watch. I watched The Magnificent Seven, then I watched Hollow Point, then I watched Ty West's western. So I just want to weigh in briefly on the Ty West Western. Because okay. I don't think I'm going to challenge it to you because I love you too much to do that to you. Okay. Now, you've seen... How many of Ty West films have you seen? Uh, if you uh, Well, VHS and House of the Devil and... Uh, let me... That one with the hotel... The hotel. Google IMDb if you have to, sir. I, I'm I'm doing it now. Oh, the innkeepers. The innkeepers, right? Yeah. Have you ever sat through that fucking abortion? Yes. Okay. Horrible, right? Yes. All right. We're in agreement. And now I have not gotten around to watching the sacrament, but I'm pretty sure it sucks balls from what <laughs> I've read. Probably. So I saw in the Valley of Violence is the western. It's like wow. This is a departure for Ty West, and uh, John um, fucking John Travolta's in it. Did you say in the Valley of Dolls? 
in the Valley of Violence. Okay. John Travolta's in it, and fucking Ethan Hawke's in it. It's like, yeah. All right. Got to see this because I'm watching two westerns in a row. By the way, Ethan Hawke is in the Magnificent Seven remake, so I was like, I got to watch this. So, all right. So here's my quick capsule capsule reviews. Magnificent Seven, passable. Shouldn't have been made, but not bad. Okay. Uh, then the one I texted you the other night on, ho- the Hollow Point. Right. Fucking awesome. Which she, which uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it like twenty nine or thirty percent. Fuck them. It, it is. It's not a western, by the way. It's like a western. It's like a um, midwestern noir. Fucking ninety percent. Fuck them. It's fucking awesome. Ian McShane is in it. That's that's all you need to know. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That film in the first act, I was like, I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen next. That's how good it is. Really? When I, when I don't know how the film's gonna end in the first act, you know you're in fucking gold. It's a great fucking film. Now, then we go to In a Valley of Violence. In a Valley of Violence. In a Valley of Violence, yes. In a Valley of Violence by written and directed by Ty West. Now, I, I just wanna because I've I've been a huge huge uh, anti-proponent of Ty West in the show. If you go back in past episodes, you can hear me say all manner of evil things about him, his talent or lack thereof, and his films. He's a fucking hack, and I hate him. The fact that anybody... My favorite film of all time is uh, Year Next, because he plays a character that dies first in the film with an arrow to fucking head. (laughs) And I think every film that I see that involves Ty West should Start with him dying with an arrow to the fucking head. Got it. So that's where I stand on Ty West. However, in the valley, in a valley of violence, not in the valley, in a valley of violence, which doesn't make sense because in the film, the lead the the lead bad guy says that this valley is called the Valley of Violence, <laughs> but the title is a Valley of Violence, which means Ty West can't keep his fucking title together with his fucking screenplay. Ignore that. Having watched and hated every Ty West film up to this point, this film feels like a good film. Okay. Because, for two reasons. One, because suddenly Ty figured out how to make things happen during a film. (laughs) Suddenly there's action or there's resolution or there's anything going on in the fucking film besides Ty jerking off to the cinematography and saying, whoa, we don't need anything to happen yet because it's called a slow burn. It's not a slow burn. It's called being bored out of your fucking mind, Ty. <laughs> anyway, there is there are action sequences in A Valley of Violence, and they're decent. They're not bad. Okay. There are awesome performances by Ethan Hawke and John Travolta. Unfortunately, they're all buttressed by Ty West, who apparently can only make a Western film if he rips off every other Western film ever made and then pads it with the worst fucking dialogue ever written in a Western film. Really? I'm... He... T- oh. <laughs> I can't even begin the list of films that he rips off of in this film. I can start by mentioning the ones he mentions as that were inspiration, like Rambo. If you look up the trivia, he says, oh, Rambo was an inspiration for this film. 
By inspiration, do you mean ripped off a major plot? Okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, then he also mentions uh, Sergio Leone films as a ref as as a uh, inspiration. Oh yeah, because they were westerns and they had a guy writing by himself. I can see how that was an inspiration. I can also see uh, High Plains Drifter or Josie Wales because you lifted elements of the fucking characters right out of those goddamn films. But then couldn't be bothered to leave like Ethan Hawke with bare minimum dialogue. Instead, you got to fill him with so much exposition and put so much exposition into him and the John Travolta that they have to tell a story that should remain unsaid in a film about a loner who doesn't know how to talk much to people. In short, I could have written this fucking film and directed it. It's that lame of a fucking film. Okay. Now, there are some high points, parts where I actually enjoyed little nuggets within the film. Where it's like, oh, Here's like an original moment. Here's an original moment. But all in all, the film was lifted. And here, here's what really irritated me. All through the film, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, this is so lifted off of this. It's all that. And I can almost see this fucking hipster cocksucker new wave director. <laughs> like like saying, a, oh, yeah, I did that ironically. Yeah. I Honestly, in the back of my head, I'm watching. I was like, I, 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 like Ty West is in my head. And I'm watching the scene. I'm like, this is lifted right out of fucking, uh, um, right out of fucking um, Josie Wales. Like, yeah, I did that ironically. Fucking hipster bullshit. Fuck you, cocksucker. <laughs> now, I'm not saying don't watch the film. Okay. But I'm saying if you do, be aware that the director thinks he's being clever by ripping off every other fucking Western he's, he's ever seen in whatever Western class he took in fucking film school before he decided he was an auteur. And then, while you're watching it, every time you say to yourself, oh, that's the around of this Western, just just imagine his voice in the back of your head, like in the row behind you. I do that ironically. <laughs> Fuck you, Ty. Get a fucking original idea in your head and film it, and then I'll, I'll consider you a real director. You fucking hack. <laughs> and it's sad, because Ethan Hawke does, does it... Considering the material he's given, does a great job. John Travolta, given the material he's given and the few semi-original nuggets he's given, does a decent job. Unfortunately, and you know what? Let's let's just and this goes for in Valley of Violence as well as for Magnificent Seven. If you're making a film, a western, where the lead hero is like this wandering drifter vigilante kind of like you know lone gunman thing, and He's got this weird semi-relationship with a female in the film. And at the end, the female ends up shooting the bad guy in the back before killing them. Just stop filming. <laughs> stop. Because it's been done fucking before. And it's getting really fucking old. Right now, both films. Magnificent Seven. Major block off, blockbuster off mega budget film. In the Valley of Violence. Little shit Western film written by a little shit fucking director. Both had the same fucking climax with the girl shooting the guy, the villain in the back. Spoiler alert. And they're like, oh, you saved me. I say, fuck you. Fuck you. Hell, Seriously. E e even uh, the fake scene in Romancing the Stone had the chick shooting the bad guy. <laughs> I mean, 
Jesus Christ, really? I know you're filming for a new audience, but even the new audience might have seen some of the old films. Right. Give me something different. Now, I'm not knocking the West. Ironically enough, the what the Magnificent Seven remake, which I watched on an airplane flight to California. Uh, I, I was planning on reading on the flight to California. I ended up watching Magnificent Seven, uh, Jason Bourne, and the new uh, Jack Reacher film. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just watched movies for six and a half hours nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which is unusual for me. Oh. <laughs> but uh, uh, Magnificent Seven. As much as they shouldn't have made it, not a bad film. I think okay. it's worth watching. It's fun. It's, it's well done. It still shouldn't have been made, but I don't think they dropped the ball. Okay. I, I would say shouldn't have been made, but it's worth watching. All right. But uh, I'm sorry. I, I just had to mention. No, that's Basically, fine. You haven't ra- all, you, ha- you haven't uh, time, ranted and, and raved and uh, got on a tangent I, in a while. I I have this fucking passion for hating Ty West. Yes, you do. And and as I was jo- I was I was enjoying parts of In Valley of Odds, like oh shit, does this ruin it for me? And it's like no no wait Scott, there's so much more to hate. <laughs> and I was right and, and I was right apparently because in, in my right ear Ty West was like I did that ironically, and then my <laughs> left ear. My subconscious is like, fuck that fucking asshole. <laughs> Hipster wannabe cocksucker. Fuck him in the ass. And I was like, yeah. 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 I always, left, I always listen to Left Ear. Okay, good. Left Ear knows what's going on. All right, we should go ahead and end the show. I'm sorry, we're running long. I apologize. We are running long. All right. It's been uh, a while, though. It's been a couple weeks, hasn't it? It's been, yeah, a couple of weeks. Like three weeks almost. Three, possibly three. Possibly three. I'm, uh, I'm almost positive it's three. Anyway, thank you, as always, for joining Hang us. Hang on. What? Before you wrap up, yeah. make sure to mention that next week is going to be our Oscar episode. I was going to mention it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us for episode 227 of Movie Sucktastic. Uh, you can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can listen to the show there. You can download the show there. You can tune in live every Thursday at 8 o'clock uh, to be with us while we do the show. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can also uh, leave us email. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to leave us voicemail, which now works again, it's 908-514-4470. Our Tumblr page is moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. Uh, you can download the free Android app for your phone or whatever Android device you're using. It's 100% free, and everything I just mentioned is in it. There is also a mobile version of the website uh, for all you iPhone users. And next week, we will be doing our oscar episode where we talk about all the nominees they will be announced next thursday on the 26th of january and we're going to cover all of them every nomination best picture actor whatever uh we'll do the uh adapted and original screenplays that's scott's favorite anyway um that's that's about it do you have any words of wisdom mr wilson No? Okay. 
Fuck Ty West? That's good. Are you okay? Alright! Since Scott's in a daze over there, we're going to go ahead and end this. Bye, everyone. Talk to you next week. Oh, what? I can't hear you. You can't hear me? You're fading in and out, sir. It's probably because I got the music going in the background. Definitely. Do I? Can I give words of wisdom? Uh, yeah, you can. Go ahead. They killed the giggler, man. <laughs> they killed the giggler. I, I thought you were actually going to go with Fuck Ty West, but that works, too. Well, that that's a given. That's a given. Shit. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Fuck Ty West. Ha, ha, ha.